Welcome back to the comics course. Classes in session. Now, today, I'm going to drop an extra episode. We've been pretty bad about getting new episodes out lately for a variety of reasons. And the main one being that we lost internet for over a week. Mm-hmm. And it threw everything off schedule. Apparently, they were doing some sort of new construction for a car park next to the science building and cut all of the fiber lines for the campus. How do you do that? Well, I understand that you can have machinery accidents. I understand that people may not check documentation to see where things should be. But here's the question I have for you. Why do we need a new car park for a condemned building? That's a good idea. I... Because they've been doing everything off-site for a while since the incident last year. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still allowed to legally refer to it as an incident. Um, so I just don't get it. Why? I feel like it's not so condemned now. No, I mean, that'd be against the rules. That's silly. Who would go against the rules? By the way, related to that... Um, just as an announcement for all my students, if you're looking for Professor Holloway, he has been moved into the office underneath mine. Um, it is closest to the downstairs door. He is most senior among staff, so he has the most need to a office immediately available next to parking. And since he's the statistically most likely next to knock off the mortal coil, I'm hoping to expand my office down into that after he kicks it. Lovely. Yep. Welcome to academia. So, in this special episode, we are going to discuss some things happening in the industry. It's probably not going to be a long episode. I am curious about my ever-suffering T.A. Rowan's opinion about some of them, though. Oh. So, one of them that I don't think you'll have much of an opinion about is the fact that Heavy Metal Magazine, which relaunched a few years ago, and had ambitious plans for a Web 3.0 platform and a bunch of independent titles as well as the flagship magazine, has pretty much run aground. Mm. They have stopped publishing. Creators have said they haven't been paying them. And they're trying to find some way forward. In the midst of all this insanity, they even apparently attempted to do something with NFTs. Why is why is that becoming so normalized? Is that oh we need money? Let's let's scam real quick. Yeah, they think of it as printing money. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I I feel for this. I mean, obviously, I don't feel the artists need to continue contributing if they're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. But I hope they find a positive way forward and can pay back the people they owe money to. Um, even in this age of the internet. European comics are often not well accessed by Americans. The mm-hmm. uh, European market is much more print-focused than the U.S. market has been evolving. Mm-hmm. Although the last few years, I do see more and more of them coming out digitally at the same time, which is great because I think it's kind of a sad world for American and Canadian comic readers to think that you know the superhero companies are all of the market. Mm-hmm. So, 
I hope they find a way out of their problems. Now, I have discussed in an episode in the past uh, G. Willow Wilson's Mm -hmm. Poison Ivy series, which has been one of the few titles published by DC or Marvel that I actually have cared about reading recently. And I was thrilled when they announced an expansion from 6 to 12 issues. And that will come out in a couple months as a trade paperback. And it's now also been uh, promoted to an ongoing series. That makes me happy. That makes me very happy. So I'm pretty thrilled with that. And that is an actual superhero world universe comic that's worth reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, flipping around to the manga side of thing, what do you think of when you hear Osama Tezuka? I think I'm blanking on the name, but it sounds like a mangaka. Uh, it's not a she, it's a he. Oh, okay. But you can be forgiven that confusion because Osama Tezuka has done so much. Okay. Probably his most famous in the West is Astro Boy. Oh, you did that. Because it also was a pivotal cartoon series. Yeah. Um, but he did many other things, including some of the earliest female-oriented manga. Mm. Before manga cause really broke into the market. But he still helped establish that there was a market for female-focused comics. Even though he's a male writer. Mm. But sometimes that's the breakthrough you need. Yeah. So four new pieces by him... Uh, four new two English readers are being published for the first time this year. Nice. So, obviously, these works have been around in Japanese for many years, but it'll be the first chance for those like me whose Japanese skills are pretty weak to actually enjoy them. Yeah, because English translations are extremely slow and not many mangas actually get it. Yeah. At the same time, I included this not because it's particularly important culturally wide to graphic lit readers, Mm -hmm. but I know you're a fan of the Bake Off as I am, and Dark Horse is doing the series called The Great British Bump Off, Hmm. where it's basically the Bake Off where the contestants try to murder each other to get ahead in the baking show. That's not very friendly of them. No, and, and I have mixed feelings here, to be honest, because on the one hand, if it were handled... Like a really cool Agatha Christie story. That could be really You can't cool. help but love it. Uh-huh. But generally speaking, what makes the bake off, the British Bake Off appealing, at least to me as an American, and I think probably to most viewers of it, you know, mm-hmm. internationally, is that it's nice. Mm-hmm. The people are nice and kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And with all the vitriol and just horrible stuff in the world, that's a nice thing to have available. <laughs> even, even when Paul's tearing apart your your bake horribly and telling you how you should never pick up a piece of dough again, it still somehow sounds nicer than American judges. But he never says that. I mean, he, well, yeah. he's brutal about the bake sometimes. It's dry. It's, you don't have a dominant flavor. This, that. But he never says... Um, that people shouldn't bake again. In fact, he often tones down his language and says, that's not your best work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just compared to the other judges that he seems so rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, and I've heard many Bake Off contestants say in interviews that he's very lovely. Uh, and the cameras don't catch that at that end of the show part where he's walking up and shaking people's hands and talking to them. That he's always being super encouraging when he does that. Oh, that's sweet. Um, but anyway, yeah. People aren't here for our discussion of the Bake Off. Oh, yeah, sorry. Although, if we ever start the Patreon, we could do, like, some bonus episodes talking about the Bake Off or yeah, something. Yeah, there we go. But we're, we're not going to be the podcast that just derails into our personal side stories <laughs> <laughs> for the whole time. I've heard that on Cass, and it's annoying. <laughs> but next up in the world of publishing... Mm-hmm. Seven Seas to publish Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, Mo Dao Zushi. Oh, that's huge in China. Yes, it is. It is a huge Chinese series. And the takeaway from this is that we've had this cycle that I, th- I find fascinating, where the West has had a long-term interest in manga and animation. Uh, which started as a general cultural interest, then more artistic and more pop culture. Mm-hmm. But now we've come around to picking up Korean web comics and Korean manhwa. Mm-hmm. And now we're coming around and starting to pick up the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to reading this and I look forward to seeing more Chinese manhwa. Yeah, I've heard this is an excellent series. Yeah. But I'm greedy. I want all the experiences. I want all the cultures. Now, here's an interesting thing that I saw. Mm -hmm. These are the sales ranks Mm -hmm. for January for different categories. Mm -hmm. And starting with the author graphic novels. So these are ones that basically aren't from DC or Marvel, but are Mm creator-owned. Some of them I expected to see Critical Role, The Mighty Nin Origins, Nine Origins, however you say his name. Anyway, Critical Role fans are voracious. Gender Queer Memoir is still on here, which is a great, powerful oh, story. That so. makes me happy to know it's still up there. Yep. And with all of the conflict here in the United States in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. with attempts to legislate libraries, uh, I, I have one word for folks. If you don't want your child checking out certain material, then show enough interest in their life to go to the library with them. Yeah. And talk to them and stuff like that. Maybe actually parents. Right. Instead of attempting to legislate simplicity in your life, which if you think your kid's teenage life is simple, then you've managed to forget what your teenage years were like. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, some other interesting things on here, you know, the illustrated Weird Al Yankovic, uh, They Called Us Enemy by George Takei, which we've not talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast yet, but he was a Japanese, well, is a Japanese-American citizen, he's still alive, and he was a young man in World War II, and his family was put in U.S. concentration camps, Aww. because the Japanese weren't trusted. Yeah. In fact... Chinese Americans in San Francisco during that time went around with buttons that said, I'm not a Jap. That's so fucking sad. Although, bizarrely, it actually was beneficial for the Chinese Americans because they ended up being a necessary part of the labor that built the warships of World War II, and they became more socially accepted. 
even while the uh, uh, Chinese communists were rising as a contrary communist power. So ironically, Chinese Americans were being accepted more than ever, while native China became increasingly a major U.S. enemy of the Cold War. At least something good came out of it. Sort of. Sort of. Not really. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought those things were interesting. Mm-hmm. But here's what really stood out to me. Solo leveling. Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, Volume 4, Volume 5. All on here. Who the fuck is reading all of that at once all together? Uh, plenty of people. Um, But my point is... Five volumes, and there's only six volumes. The sixth volume just came out, mm-hmm. and uh, of the manga version, mm-hmm. it was originally a light novel and then translated into manga. As tends to be the fate for many. Yeah, and what's happening with it? I mean, it's been out a while. It's not a brand new title. You know, I expect this when a big anime comes out and then people rush to read the manga. Yeah, that's what that's that's why I had my reaction because as far as I know that's never gotten in the anime yet. Right. I mean, on the manga specific list, we see Chainsaw Man all over it because the anime exploded. No surprise. Which is actually a really good title. Yeah. Um, although from what I've seen of the anime so far, it seems to mirror the manga very closely. So you can pick up on a lot of the same story and thematic elements. I would say like 90% of animes try to follow the manga as close as humanly possible. There's always that one the, that one out of ten exception. Yeah. So anyway, I just I don't know what's going on with solo leveling there. But I th- want, thought I'd ask you to see if some meme had exploded on TikTok I didn't know about not, or something. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Maybe some like manga recommendations channel like really Mm. talked about for all i know well i was curious so i read the first five or six Mm -hmm. volumes and it's good i mean it's a it's a not an izakai it's it's a korean and it kind of uses a lot of the elements people are familiar with from izakai and puts them in a different context these magical portals open up around the world and Different people have different levels of magical potential, and so depending on their rank, they might be able to be adventurers who go in to fight and close the portals. And it uses a lot of the Izakai conventions, you know, a class and a ranking and getting experience and this stuff. But it's set in this hybrid of the real world, but then all these events happen because of these other things, of these gateways, which lead to dungeons and alien worlds. Oh, okay. So, and it's well-written, it's fun, but it doesn't stand out by leagues and leaps from other similar stuff out there. Yeah, I got no clue, then. Huh, I don't know. All right. Well, when I say Calvin and Hobbes, what do you think of? I know I've heard that name. I cannot figure out where I've heard it from, though. Well, people continue to make memes with some of the panels of the comic strips, but it was a newspaper comic strip that ran for a good number of years, created by Bill Watterson, and for people who were growing up while Calvin and Hobbes was published, it is a touchstone of their lives. Mm. I told somebody else yesterday about this news story, and they nearly lost it, their minds. Mm-hmm. 
and I just so the the Calvin and Hobbes was about uh, Calvin. By the way, Calvin and Hobbes are the last names of two influential philosophers. Oh, okay. Um, which was kind of a joke on the comic strip because there's not a lot of the the char- character of Calvin is not doing a lot of philosophizing. And yet, at times, the strip ends up being very sentimental and philosophical. But the main character is Calvin, who's a young boy. He has a toy stuffed tiger who, when there aren't other people around, is an actual tiger that interacts with him. Something smells of mental illness. (laughs) (laughs) And, And Calvin suffers from a level of ADHD that... Is probably not improved upon by his mother feeding him cereals like sugary puffos. Um. I can sympathize with that. You can empathize with that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, he also became famous because he's a recluse. Mm. After he quit Calvin and Hobbes, he just disappeared. Oh. And a few people have tracked him down, and he's done a couple of little things over the years. He uh, ghost drew some of the comic strip Pearls Before Swine back in 2014. And then they announced it after he'd finished. And they published uh, 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 it in collections as a charity thing. And he's come out of his self-imposed retirement a couple of times to participate in fundraisers for... Comic artists who haven't had health insurance. Oh, that's and have been, so sweet. And he's done his own painting, uh, paintings, and he's done a couple of small uh, displays of them in galleries. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But basically, he just was like, I've got money, and I don't have any more stories to tell in Calvin and Hobbes, and I'm just going to go spend my life painting. Kind of makes sense. I feel like most writers and artists and shit that get a ton of money and then decide, you know what, I'll just retire and go to bumfuck nowhere yeah. normally come out to do like charities and shit yeah well and i think true creators keep creating but they don't always feel like they have to share it with people yeah and so they don't feel like they have to share it in the way they did in the past which is fair yeah totally valid so he's doing this new book called the mysteries with john catch uh this the only thing we have a hint for the style is what's on the cover here that's terrifying. And I don't think it's going to be a lot like their past works. This is not going to be a kid's thing. Yeah, that looks like that's, it might be something horror-related. Maybe, and it's coming out in October. There you go. That. But I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to something totally different from anything I've ever seen him do before. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. All right, our last one. This is going to be a short episode. So DC has this new thing called Lazarus Planet happening, mm-hmm. future of the DC universe. There might be a reboot involved. I think one of Thor's goats is died every day for a month, been resurrected, and they still can't figure out how to put out a coherent press announcement about it. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Anyway, I fortunately, okay. There, there's a movie called Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Mm-hmm. I think that comics readers just need to stop, learn to stop worrying and love the mythology. Mm-hmm. Once you complete, once you stop caring about continuity, mm-hmm. comics become way easier to enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, 
DC's next event should be called This Isn't That Big of a Deal. Right. I, think, I think that would get much more clicks. I'm just saying. People would just stop and go, oh, fuck, they're going to kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, last year, uh, D.C. for Asian Heritage Month in May, the Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, to use the full title, mm. released that... Uh, Monkey Prince title, which they're still publishing, they and I, I assume it's because they hate good taste. You know, I am expecting for Irish Heritage Month this year for them to launch uh, McShamrock, the luck-based superhero of Ireland who walks around in a guardian coat and, you know, chain drinks and yells uh, Catholic slurs at people. <laughs> that's, they should publish that for April Fool's. I would pay. They don't that. have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need some artists and some writers to go rogue, and I need someone higher up. <laughs> but what we are getting this year. Is three new six-issue series, which I guess is them sort of trying the waters. One is called Spirit World by writer Alyssa Wong. Alyssa Wong is a great writer. I've really enjoyed other stuff she's done. So I've got fingers crossed here. Yeah, I've heard of her. The story is about, and I'm just going to read this verbatim, a non-binary Chinese hero who can move between the lands of the living and the dead and has the power to create real objects by folding just paper which is used at Chinese funerals, into the shape of the object and setting it on fire. The first issue will involve John Constantine and uh, Batgirl Cassandra Kane as well. That's cool. I like that uh, concept idea. I It's interesting, and it uses elements from Chinese culture that aren't overexposed in the West and doesn't sound stupid. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like they're using Chinese elements just because they're Chinese. Yeah. The next one is The Vigil by writer Ram V and artist Lalit Kumar Sharma, featuring a team of super-powered South Asian metahumans named Arclight, Saya, Dodge, and Castle who want to stop the government from doing research on metahumans and using them as weapons of war. An old theme, mm -hmm. well explored in many comics to date, mm -hmm. but has potential. The art looks cool. Yeah, I like that cover. Does not look like manga stuff at all, which I'm glad for. Uh -huh. Now, I should point out, the Spirit World art does look very manga-influenced. It uh, kind of looks like the cover for a Shonen Jump. It does, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. What would annoy me is if all the art was of that one super recognizable style. Uh -huh, same. Because contrary to what some people think, manga is actually really diverse. It's just the stuff from the few big publishers tends to be homogenous. Uh-huh. And then the last title is by writer Greg Pak, who's also a good Asian American writer. Mm -hmm. And I'm thrilled to see him here. I like with... that they're actually having people of Asian mm -hmm. descent and stuff writing these. Artists Minkyu Jung and Sunny Gao, mm -hmm. and brings back Korean American superhero Cameron Kim, City Boy, mm -hmm. 
whose superpower is the ability to communicate with cities. What? I'm wondering if they are leaning on some of the Grant Morrison insanity he did with spirits. But it says reintroducing, so I guess he has been published somewhere before. Maybe in last year's Asian American anthology. Or they took some obscure-ass character and went, we can rebrand this. Maybe. But anyway, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the superpower is funky and yeah. it has potential. Yeah. So anyway. These all sound like they have potential. Yeah. So that's it. That was highlighting a few things that I think are relevant based on culture and historical impact of the literature. And this ends our special. But we are going to also be recording for a release this week. Two for one week, because we've been gone so much. We are going to talk about the X-Men in the context of Black History Month. All right. Class is no longer in session.